T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. The ultimate football team. The ultimate football show. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Hour on Sports Radio WEEI. The most comprehensive, in-depth presentation anywhere concerning fantasy football. The Fantasy Football Hour is brought to you by Anderson Windows and your local Anderson Window dealer. By Moxie Soda. By Gould's Distinctive Clothing. And by Atlantic Power Cleaning. The fun and games starts now. Welcome to the jungle. We've got fun and games. Here's Jim Hackett and Pete Davidson. All right, hello everybody. Jim Hackett, Pete Davidson. It is week end of week four of the preseason. And it's the biggest fantasy football weekend of the year. And I'm joined by my good friend, and our expert, Pete Davidson, on fantasy football. We're going to walk you right through it, man. How are you? I'm good, buddy. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. About six drafts deep, a couple more to go. Feeling good, you know? Feeling <laughs> yeah, good. You and I good. have a big one coming up, another auction coming up. I know. I'm looking forward to it. Yep. It'll be a good time. And I'm uh, bid you up on everything you want. <laughs> hey, look at man. <laughs> I, I, I'm coming in. I'm coming in with a lot of cash. I've got... You I've are. Got, I've got, you are the elephant in the room. I am. Draft, you know, I'm unpredictable. You I've got like four keepers, all worth about thirty bucks. So in that sense, I think we should just try to get along. Um, I would agree. And hey, I was nice to you last weekend. Just be nice. Actually, it's the other way around, isn't it? <laughs> we were nice to you. Yeah, the room was kind to me. That was a really weird experience. That well, really was. That's the thing about Our audience auctions. has no idea what we're well, talking I'll, about. Well, I'll tell them. So, like, we do. <laughs> so, Pete and I are in a lot of drafts together. We do, you know, shocker. We do a lot of snake drafts. We have a couple <laughs> great auction drafts that we do. Yeah. And just to kind of let you know how complicated, if you haven't done an auction or if you're maybe, best case scenario, if you're listening and you have an auction coming up, uh, there's a podcast on rotobond.com. It's it's literally like a 90 minute podcast. But but the reason it is is not to bore your pants off. It, it's not it's, just that I can't shut up. Right. It, no. But there's a lot. There's so much nuance to an auction draft. That that's really the deal. Is is that it's it's literally like a living, breathing thing, and it's unpredictable. We were in a draft last week where 11 of the people were you know relatively predictable in terms of their build strategy. And this one guy just went rogue, and he took like twelve <laughs> running backs. He just, he's just he like, I, I mean, yeah, you couldn't he was get a running back. Everybody, God, it's, you it could, was, I was enjoying it. <laughs> well, you because you 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 I did, already had my running back. Yeah, you went with like the seven, like the the sixth to eighth running back off the board, and got him at a good value, and that kind of set yeah. your tone. Yeah, and I did typical Jim Hackett, and I just went like I was in a casino and dropped a lot of money on on like three really big guys, and then I had to be patient, you know, which is you know, I I think I'm getting better at. You took half the draft off. That's okay. <laughs> Not half, a third, maybe forty percent. Well, the good thing is you didn't shut up the whole time, so it was fine. We had fun. You were comic relief. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it. It was that. it was an interesting draft it for was. sure. Um, so you know, a lot of I, I, considering it's like week four preseason, the Patriots are are sort of interesting right now. Listen, like we can talk about our local team here, and really, we could kill the whole show on the Patriots if we wanted to. Um, no, I think we should get into the Patriots, because Thursday night in in preseason, Game 4, you saw a lot that you never see with the Patriots, okay? Or really, any team. But it's preseason Week 4, you usually have all your best guys you know, out of the way, uh, but the Patriots put Gordon 
Demarius Thomas, yeah. Edelman, all those guys were out there. And yeah, the um, Edelman thing was surprising. Yeah, well, the, the, well a little concerning too. Did they tell too. us why? A little yeah, concerning. I know the thumb. He came off. Yeah, I mean, he's you know he's been suffering from a broken thumb. He was out there. I think it's just to get you know practice reps or like game simulation reps in, which it worked. But he came off after a series. So look, it's Belichick and it's the Patriots. You got to assume they had their reasons. But I was surprised to see Edelman on the field. Yeah. Yeah, as was he, I. He's a bubble wrap guy for me, Pats. <laughs> but hey, what do I know? Well, look at. I mean, he's. We say this every year, and he's thirty three now. You know what I mean? Yeah, so how much bubble true. wrap do you need? So I think that they're going to roll the dice. And what's amazing is when you and I were talking like eight weeks ago, right. um, it looked like a pretty thin position. Receiver on the Patriots does now not look like thin. Who's going to make the cut? You're right. Yeah, it's true. I mean, obviously Edelman, Gordon, they're locked. Um, and then I mean, obviously the rookies locked. I'd like to think uh, Dorsett is locked, personally. Yep. And then how many more do you think? Two more? I think it comes between Demarius Thomas and Jacoby Myers. And and, and there's, you know... I don't see him cutting Myers. Well, that this, would be weird. He's played so well. But then you've got this Gunnar Ozlewski, who's like, you know, he does everything that Belichick likes. He he returns kicks. He returns punts. He's Can he quick. be a gunner? <laughs> he, he, hey, I mean, if he's... If he's, if he's not a good gunner, that would be very if, disappointing. If he's returning kicks and punts... Not yeah. unlikely, right? Because you can't be doing gone. both at the you same need time. Just, you need one more gunner, right? Slater and Patterson were the gunners last year, right? Yeah, and we should tell people. Look, at this is rolling at 8 a.m. on Sunday in the Fantasy Football Hour. Pete and I, we, we're usually like almost 100% of the time live on Sunday. We're, we're dropping a pre-record on this one on Friday, day after the Patriots preseason stuff. So this actually might have already been solved already by the time. It kind of sounded like dummies. Right, right. But... but <laughs> That's nothing new there, Hack. It's yeah. all good. But we don't. But the reason we're we're dropping is we're both away this weekend. We got other drafts and stuff too, and then we're back to normal next week. So we'll be taking the text at three seven ninety three seven for your lineup questions, which we love to do. So just an FYI there. So this might have already been clear, but it's actually we can prognosticate a little bit. So yeah, you know how well do we do. <laughs> well, we'll see. But Demarius Thomas on Thursday night. Was targeted eight times. He had seven catches, over eighty yards, and two touchdowns. I was going to say I was at a bar. I think I saw him score twice. Yeah, yeah. you did. And, and um, so one of two things is happening there. He had the nice show throw uh, on the, on the first. Right, Stidham, one, I Stidham yeah, looks I good. Stidham, Stidham put a nice ball out there. I thought Stidham has had the best preseason a backup quarterback has had in my eyes in in watching the Patriots ever. Yeah, I think I might have been a little too low on him and Gardner Minshew. Those guys are both looking pretty solid. And Ryan Finley's had a nice preseason, right? At well, this early days. Finley, I was okay on. He, yeah. I was high on Finley, so we, we did okay there. But um, yeah, Gardner Minshew, I've been impressed with. And, mm. and obviously, Stidham. Um, well, Stidham is going to make, you know, Hoyer expendable. And, and the Patriots point, have yeah. so much talent on defense. It's like, do you use that? Are people actually thinking that he's gone? Really? I think he's going to be gone. And So Stidham's the backup? Yeah. I think wow. he's played that. I mean, we don't know that 100% as we're recording this on, you know, late on Friday. But um, my instincts sense. are, my intuition is that it's going to happen. A, because Stidham has played well. And B, look, at they're going to cut, or may have already cut, three to five guys on defense that are going to start on a team. So right. do you want to make that five, or do you want to make it four? Do you want to make right. it four, or do you want to make it three? And if something happens wanna... to Brady, you're going into rebuild mode anyway. Anyway, so, right. Yeah, and rather get, the kid, rather get the kid some reps. So I think right. uh, you know we'll see how well we prognosticated that, but I, I think that Hoyer is going to be gonzo. But there's a lot <laughs> to talk about there. We can talk about the guys who we know are going to be there. Yeah, let's. I mean, let's talk about this running backfield. You know, I mean... It, I, in usual fashion, I love all the Patriot running backs. Yep. Um, 
and the top four obviously are the big the big part of the equation. Are, are we getting? And again, I'm out of the local market most of the time. So, are we getting any indication as far as hair? You know, Damian Harris is he looking more just like a backup who might get a little juice here and there, or do we think he's going to have a role behind Michelle? I think his role will. And by the way, Michelle looked really Michelle good. looked great in week three of the preseason, <laughs> and, and they've been saying for a couple of weeks he's looked great in training yeah. camp. So, I mean, he looked. That's the Sony Michelle I remember. I don't even want to say he looked like his old self. He he yeah. looked as good as I've ever seen him. Yeah, no, That's, I was. I, it's I, I'm a big fan of Sony, so it was good to see. Um, and I yeah, I moved him up the board. He's I think I have him inside fifty now. You do. It's worth. Yeah. yeah, he's a, he's a he's an RB too. He's a solid. You know, it was back all about in health, the, right? When yeah. He shows me health and that type of juice. You got to move him up. Uh, yeah, I've got him in the RB twos now, forty-seven overall. Well, here's the other thing about Michelle is that you know maybe a little bit more of pass catching chops this year. You know, that's the uh, that's the piece that really that's, makes him interesting. That's the that's the carrot they're dangling in front of us fantasy players. Yeah, Sony's going to catch more passes. Now, I mean, it's hard for I, I you know I assume they're not giving him a air quote passing down role. But I, I assume that what this means is that they're going to probably target him more on early downs when he's in there. Yeah, and I think it also gives you know defenses something to think about that when James White comes in, that it's it's not like you're telegraphing that they're going to pass. You know what I mean? Like White can run a little bit, and if Michelle can catch it a little bit, it's going to keep the defense off balance in terms yeah, of what well, they're yeah, predicting to are do. Always going to hit you with what you're not prepared for. Yeah, that's 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 their mo for sure. Um, but back to your question, Pete, about Harris. So, Jimmy, Tony gets interesting. See, here's where another thing where Michelle gets interesting. If they're gonna, if he actually gets integrated, and not only are they targeting him, but it's working, mm. uh, they become really dangerous inside the ten. Because oh yeah. Now they're not they're not telegraphing the run if Michelle's in the game inside the ten. Right. That that just makes them you know that much more dangerous. Yeah. yeah so I mean, and, and just to get back to your um, question about Harris, like where he fits. Right. You know, I, I just think now it's now with Michelle looking as strong as he does, it becomes exactly what Belichick and McDaniel's probably want him to be, which is a chess piece. You know what I mean? So we we know what James White is. We know Sony Michelle is going to lead it. And now Burkhead's you've got the classic Bur- chess piece, right? You know, Burkhead. You can, you know, people are wonder what they're going to do at tight end. You know, you could you could use Burkhead in the in the for the passing routes that a tight end would normally do. He can split them out. You can slot them. You can do all that stuff. Yeah. So I think Harris becomes another piece. My gut instinct, Pete, is is if like something were to happen to Michelle, and let's hope it doesn't. I don't think he becomes a bell cow. I think it's typical Patriots really? where they game plan. Yeah, I, I think he'd, he'd have a significant role, but Burkhead would, White would, I think, and onward they go. You know, so I wouldn't label him the number two from a fantasy perspective. He's the guy I want. You know what I mean? I just because okay. I think that's you the safety net. You and I are a little net. bit of an opposing view on this, but right. that's okay. Yeah, he's the guy I want from fan, a fantasy perspective. And I, I you know, you, right. you're I mean, in the league. I, I don't think we're looking to handcuff Patriot running backs anyway. But if you are inclined to handcuff, and again, only in a deep league would I do it. A really deep league, right? But and yeah. we play in big in deep league, so yeah. If I if I was handcuffing Sony, I yeah, I, I'd go with Harris. Yeah, yeah. He's he's the desirable one to handcuff with yeah. if you have and that he's roster the guy space. I think, I think we both think he's the guy who can handle the volume. Even if even if they were going to use Burkhead initially, I don't think Rex handles the volume well enough. He gets dinged too damn easy. He does, um, and, and he's so valuable. Like rather protect that asset and use him as the weapon that he can be. Right. That, that's the way I see him. Well, that's yeah. His value is as a chess piece. So why turn him into a you know a bulldozer? Right, right. So, but I do think that it would be you know there are games where, for instance, opening night. If you think that um, Mike Tomlin's going to learn his lesson, he's not. Pittsburgh's going to blitz, and James White's going to tear them apart. You know what I mean? So it, it will be game plan specific, but I do think. 
he will, in terms of the carry load, if Michelle isn't there, will be the guy. But right. you know, that's what that's all I'm saying. Yeah, but they're going to ride Michelle. I, I think they are. I really think they're going to ride him um, as much as they can. And he yeah, looks and that and ready. That, that that sort of speaks to why Brady. I mean, I did move Brady up four or five spots uh, when we knew Gordon was going to be in the fold. Sure. Um, and you know, I, conceivably you could put him a little higher. The problem is Tom Brady's value is now also tied to relapse, right? So, like, if we're worried to go all in on Gordon because we're afraid of relapse, well be careful with your Brady bump as well, mm-hmm. right? They're mm-hmm. tied together. Um, and Gordon, man, Gordon is becoming really compelling in these fantasy drafts. He's starting to move up, man. Yeah, he's I moving up him. quickly, too. I mean, it's 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 a big jump, you know? I, we've I've, It started in round eight and then round six. Now you've seen him in round five. I was in a super flex draft with a bunch of really good drafters. Yeah. Scott Barrett from PFF oh, and yeah. a bunch of other really sharp people. Um, and in that draft... And again, super flex. So you've got quarterbacks going in the. Mahomes went in the first. Watson went in the second. Because he can play two, right? Yeah, yeah, right. I took Baker Mayfield in the third. Um, by the way, my team is um, Chubb, OBJ, and Baker. So that's going to be fun. Yeah, that'll be um, fun. But yeah, then middle of the fifth, somebody took Gordon. Like that's that, that that's the high water mark I've seen in any of the drafts I've been in, mm. and it was a pretty sharp guy taking him. So it Who was took an intent- him? I can't even remember to be honest. Some of these teams, people haven't filled their names in yet. Yeah. Um, I, w- I I could look it up, but it's not that important. Um, the, the the thing is, it's just seeing him go there. Definitely an attention getter. And I was talking about it actually. I had um, Rich Rebar, Lord Reeves. On the oh, I saw that. You know, yeah, that's a that's a nice hit. And you get yeah, a little shot. Get a little shut up from one Evan Silva. That's never a bad thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, Evan Evan's a good dude. He takes care of people. Yeah. Um. And and Rich Rebar, Lord Reeves was a great guest. He had a lot of good takes. Good. Um, you can find that in my timeline if anybody wants to listen to it. Um. I'm, I'm at Rotobon on Twitter. Yeah. T O B A H N. Um. But. Where were we? We were talking we just, about we just tangent into Reeves. We were talking about we, we were talking about Gordon. Okay, so right, he, right, right. he's ranked right now in like the mid sixties, which puts him at, at basically the end of round five. But you're seeing him a little bit earlier. Yeah. So yeah. So this is what we were talking about. You know, you hear a lot of people saying, "Well, Gordon, we saw last year has that wide receiver two upside." And what I said to Reeves, it's like, look. <laughs> Can we can we can we forget this little dance that we're doing here? Because we all know Gordon has more upside than wide receiver too, right? You know, he can, I mean, look at if it, if it all goes the right way, he can explode and be and be your one. He can be it's, right. I'm not saying he, he is yeah. number one overall, but yeah, you're talking about wide receiver one, which is exactly the point I was making with Rich. Is yeah. that look? Let's be honest here. If this guy hits, like if. If Josh Gordon has found his football Jesus and he's staying clean off the field and he's Tom Brady's buddy and all that structure. Who's your buddy? Who's your buddy? All all of that Patriot structure starts working for him, right? Yep. Let's just for, let's have some fun and let's pretend this is going to be a feel good story all year, okay? I love just, it. Just just for a second, let's have some fun. How good is he in that scenario? I think he could be like as good as Mike Evans, right? So we're Look, talking about wide receiver one level stuff. Now, granted, it might only last two weeks. It might we might not even get to opening day. We don't know, mm. right? And we don't want to put that kind of pressure on Gordon that you know we need you. You know, and the other thing that Rich and I talked about is the irony, the sad irony with Josh is that it's when things start going well and he starts getting all the attention yeah. that sometimes things start to go bad for him. So hopefully they've got a support system in place for for when he succeeds. Yeah. I think we're almost part of the fear is high levels of success, high levels of attention. Hopefully he's ready to deal with that. I mean, 
He's my bubble wrap guy, man. Yeah. They should literally wrap him in bubble wrap. I mean, he's he's so compelling. And just to kind of let people know where he is kind of in the rankings, like think of the names here. You know, uh, like a riser like Curtis Samuel, it, it, the the venerable A.J. Green, as hurt as he is. Allen Robinson, Sammy Watkins. I mean, D. Westbrook, good receivers. He's right there, and he's somewhat of value. Yeah, I mean, I just, you know, one thing I've noticed, and I think this is really cool, um, this might be the one Patriot player that everybody outside of Patriot Nation is still rooting for. Yeah. Like, I've heard very few, I've heard very few people. Well, Edelman has a reputation of being a dirty player outside of the bubble. No offense. Um, He's my favorite Patriot, but a lot of people don't like Julian Edelman. But Gordon, everybody I've heard on social media is like, I just hope he stays Rooting for him, yeah. You know, this is so. There's like a, I, I, you know, I hope he knows. Like the whole football world is behind him, right. including Patriot Nation, including me. And um, you know, I, I just hope the kid plays. I, I would be very happy if he was just a wide receiver three all year, but he played 16 games and he's clean. You know, that would be fine with me. You know, we we're getting to the whole thing about Gordon, and it's like, you know what? Can we just admit that the Patriots are good at doing things, right? They sure are. Right. So I, we all know there's this addiction thing with Gordon. We all know it's a real risk, and we all know no matter what happens, no matter what we do, there's going to be that risk. But as a fantasy player, I tend to look at the Patriots in a certain way, and I tend to say to myself, you know what? They tend to do things well. They tend to set things up well. They yep. tend to take good risks. So is it fair for us to just say, I feel better about Josh Gordon going through what he's going through as a Patriot more than, say, a Dolphin? Or a Hugh Jackson Brown a couple okay, years ago. Okay, right. So can we? I mean, I think that's a reasonable thing to put out there. I do I'm not telling people to roll their whole season on Josh Gordon. In fact, if you're a Patriot fan and you're in a Patriot league, you probably should not target him because he's probably going to go in like the second or the third round. Yeah, someone's going to get crazy. Right, and you're going to end up buying him at his ceiling, and it's going to be really hard for him to pay off for you. But if you're in a league where it's not a bunch of Patriot fans and you can get him in that I sort of like the sixth round, personally. But, you know, wherever you feel the value proposition is right for you, you know, I, I, I think there's a case to be made, as long as you understand the risks uh, of, of getting involved with Gordon this year. Well, I'll add to that, in that... And by the way, the auction you are talking about, I, I took him last week, in that auction. Yeah, how much did you spend on him? Six bucks. Yeah, that's great. Nothing wrong with that. You know, look, at you've got him ranked as the 30th receiver, so that's about right. If you look at the guys who are around him, Alan Robinson... Right. You know, I think A.J. Green went for nine, and he's going to miss several weeks. You know what I mean? So that you know, was, Watkins probably went for way, that same kind of money. That was part of my process. Right. Like, you know, uh, I know I'm going to miss games from Green. Maybe I get lucky and don't miss any from Gordon. Yep. I, the bottom line is, if you draft Josh Gordon, you need to be prepared for contingencies. Yeah. Because you can lose your big guy at any time. Well, so I, if I'm doing it, I'm going to be on a wide receiver depth build after I take him. Right. Like, ideally, like in that same league, I started out with Julio and Stefan Diggs feeling good. Like I would have been in a good position if the if the price was right and the budget was right to take Gordon because I had a good foundation set at the position. Right. And, and the other you thing you didn't I, have the money, did you? I didn't. I got Christian <laughs> Kirk shortly thereafter. I mean, you got Kirk at thirty six, Gordon at thirty. Not not too big of a drop off there. Right. You right. know, the upside is definitely cut with Kirk, but a yeah, good floor. I was in a place where if I could hit a you know a receiver upside play, I wouldn't have to deal some of the other assets I'd accumulated. For so for me, it was a good dice roll. I yeah. felt really good about it. Even yeah. if it doesn't work, it was worth a risk worth taking. Yeah, I agree. Um, similarly, on Gordon, I want to say this. You know, last year they brought him in mid-season, okay, and they got ten weeks out of him. So it was his first time, to, you know, to the organization. Right. First time, maybe to the area. First for, time in the scheme. First time in the scheme. First time with all his new teammates, right. and he did pretty darn well 
for 10 weeks. He so did, now, for a guy with that kind of layoff, absolutely. Yeah, and so for right, he had a huge layoff. Right. Now, he played professional football last year. Right. Now, he had a little absence. He's familiar with the system, familiar with the scheme, made some buddies on the, on the, uh, on the team. Seems to be well-liked, yeah. Seems to be well-liked. He's feeling support from the fan base. Like, when he went out in the field last year, I forget when it was, at home, and he caught a pass, Gillette went crazy. You know right. what I mean? And it's been nothing but a positive wave since then. So maybe, just maybe, maybe, um, and I'm not going to hinge my fantasy season on it, but I could win my fantasy league if I have him on there at the right place. You know, right. I feel it's pretty just, good about him. It's it's a value proposition, like we said. Uh, I mean, obviously, this is a guy I think we're all rooting for at this point. No one ever wants to see this kind of talent not be playing, right? Yeah. I mean, just the, you know, the NFL's a better place when Josh Gordon's playing. It's a better place when Tom Brady's playing. It was a better place when, when Peyton Manning was playing. Like, we love Gronk. guys who play the game in crap. Yeah, yeah. Oh, by the way, that's a whole other thing. But that, that interview Gronk gave the other day left the door wide open. I don't know if that was oh, going yeah. around. Oh, yeah. No, it totally did. I mean, he all but said, like, if I felt a little better right now, <laughs> I'd be playing, <laughs> you know? I hate to show my hand, but I like him in a keeper league. I think the interviewer actually I, said, how about a keeper league? He said, hey, why not? Don't dump Gronk in a dynasty league, folks. Yeah. Don't do it. That's a don't hold. Hold? <laughs> yeah, I definitely think it's a hold. How are we doing with the first post? Yeah, we got, we yeah we, we're good. We have time. So let's let's get a little bit into some of the other receivers there with, with well, the let's, Pats. Let's put one little last exclamation point on the Gordon thing. Sure. You know, just under like you and I both seem to agree, the the conditions are there for this guy to have a phenomenal football season. Just counterbalance that with where you are, with how you feel about the risk. Make sure you're okay with the risk where you're taking him. If you are, I think he's a fun play. The other thing so too, that, that's it. Yeah, the other thing too is, I mean, there are, I mean, seventy-five to ninety <laughs> or so receivers that can help your roster. You know what I mean? So if you are well, the, the, if you are risk averse, if you are yeah. risk averse, then you don't have to go for them. You know what well, I mean? It, well, you know what? You okay, you just brought us to a good place. You're right. It is a deep position. Wide receivers are going to be flowing over in the first couple of weeks of free agency. Yeah. So I mean, if you're sitting there and you and you can draft Gordon as say your third receiver, I sort of like that a lot. Sure. You know, if you, I mean, forget about what round we're in, but if you can take him as your third receiver where you don't need him to be your one and he's in a place where he's a replaceable asset, man, why not? Have yeah. some fun. Yeah. <laughs> this I mean, game's this, fun, right? It's supposed to be fun. Yeah. And this, I mean, there's so much talent in the receiver pool. And by the way, receivers are really important as, you know, as like PPR leagues are becoming actually more the norm than, than the alternative. You know, or like getting some points for receptions. It's uh, fractionally, you know, <laughs> it's 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 a position of focus, and it's a very very deep position. And by the way, oh yeah, by the way, the league is going that way where they're throwing more and more guys are getting right. the ball. So, and you can thank Mr. Brady for that. He yeah. kind of set the template of spreading the ball around. So it is getting harder and harder to find good receivers because with the advent of more three and four wide receiver sets, the ball's being spread around more, yeah. and there are fewer guys getting that heavy concentration of targets. So. Um, receiver is a position that sort of comes further and further into focus as the year progresses. So we're going to have some excellent free agent targets at receiver. So again, if you can if you can add a guy like Gordon in a spot that's going to be replaceable through free agency, that's suddenly that sort of changes the the value proposition to me, and I, I start leaning in and, and, and liking the idea of taking him. Uh, where were you going when I cut you off before, Jim? I was just saying that like you know the receiver position is it's so deep. It gives you the flexibility to play it a couple of different ways. So if like Gordon makes you queasy, 
for your draft, you don't have to draft them. If oh, you love sure. if you love the upside, you've got enough. You, you can like I think you said it to me last week in our draft that I anti fragilityed well. I did. I went yeah. I went heavy, and then like I covered my back end with people that you can use. So that was where I was going. Right, but, and getting those backup running backs the way you did it. Um, just so people understand what we're talking about when we're talking about anti-fragility, if you if you take a starting running back, his value almost it, it can stay the same or it can go down. Yep. Like those are pretty much the only two possibilities, yep. unless he has some type of all-world year. But when you draft, for example, let's pick a good one. If you take the, Jalen uh, Samuels yeah. from Pittsburgh, okay, yep. he doesn't have a whole lot of standalone value, but his value cannot go down, right? It's he's not going to get hurt not playing, right? And but what can happen is if something happens to James Conner, you just drafted yourself a league winner. Yep. So it's 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 good business to have some of these guys like Damian Harris, yep. like Jalen Samuels, um, uh, Justin Jackson, Hill, yeah. uh, Darwin Thompson, Tony Pollard, Rashad Penny. A lot of these guys where Deion Lewis. It, Right. If you have a couple of these guys, you will end up hitting probably on one of them, and that will change the whole face of your team, and they don't cost a lot. So it is good business to get into these, as Jim said, air quote, anti-fragility backs. They, they, they can do a lot for your team as the season progresses. Yeah, and you can do upside receivers similarly. Right. All right, so the I wanna... whole concept of zero RB is based on having these anti-fragility running backs. Right. All right, so I want to get into more of these kind of guys, like upside receivers, running backs, anti-fragility plays, if you will, to get you ready for your drafts. We're coming back after the break. Sports Radio, WEEI. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. All right, Jim and Pete back. Fantasy Football Hour Sports Radio WEI. Before the break, we did a lot of Pats talk, which is merited in terms of fantasy football. First of all, you know I love to talk about the Pats, but with all the talent they have at receiver and running back and all the different ways they can play, there's a lot to talk about. But towards the end of the, the first segment before we got to the break... We started talking about you know the running back position upside, the receiver position, and we were talking about Josh Gordon a ton, and it got me talking a little bit about, look at how you want to approach it with him, if you want to approach it, because the reality is there's so much depth at the position, there's so much upside later in, in the draft and available to you that there's an argument to be made to take him, and there's an argument to be made to avoid him. Um, and so there are upside plays at all positions, so I thought that was a good way to transition into some upside running backs and receivers. And you actually cited a few on EEI.com and a couple articles that ran this week. Right. Yeah. One thing I would say on receivers, don't wait too long to start, though. Like, don't start taking your receivers in, like, the fifth. No, because there is a drop-off. There is a drop-off. Get yourself something you can believe in at your one spot, just because in some of these drafts, they fly off the board. They do. Um, So you just, you know, get a little something in the first five rounds just so you have a base. Um, But, yeah, let's move over to these backs, Jimmy. Yeah, so let's get to the backs. We talked about Sony Michelle was the guy who headed your article. and we already hit him. Yeah, but I think (laughs) it's it's a good one. But the the big story that, one of the many big stories, I mean, don't don't forget the Andrew Luck retirement, Gronk's announcement, but another big story was when Duke Johnson, who in July said he wanted to be traded out of Cleveland. Well, he got traded. He got traded to Houston, and he is looking good. (laughs) Yeah, Duke is, A, an underrated player. I think a lot of people don't realize how good Duke Johnson is. He's a football player. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's good at the game. And uh, I think some people have him pigeonholed as just a receiving back because that's what the Browns did with him. 
Um, you know, and I would just counter that with how many people didn't realize Deion Lewis was a, a really good interior runner yep. until he got to the Patriots. Yep. I think most of the world didn't know that. Uh, and I think Duke Johnson's similar. I think mo- some people just don't realize he can run inside. He's not Deion Lewis inside. Don't get me wrong, but he can run inside. He can absolutely bounce the ball outside. He's, he's got really good vision as a running back. And then when you want to throw him the ball, you can do anything with him. He's like Rex Burkhead. You can slot him. You can he he can run the wheel. He can do anything you want him to do as a receiver, either out of the backfield or as a guy who can break formation. So Duke Johnson, if you are an offensive coordinator, man, you just want to get to the whiteboard with this guy because you can do anything. So and we know Bill O'Brien, you know, he's he can be creativity uh, create creative at times. Yeah. So I'm I'm really bullish to see a. How are they going to use Duke Johnson? But what we're more interested in as fantasy owners is how much Duke Johnson are we going to get? And right now, they don't have a lot of options. I mean, he's got to get at least he's the options at least. Yeah, I'd say that's the floor for him right now. Yeah, and they've got a rookie. They've got uh, Higdon from Michigan, but there's not a whole lot else they've there. They've got a collection of dudes. <laughs> they yeah, really Jax. don't have much behind them. Right. Um, so you know, until some kind of move is made, I mean, there's re- the only thing with Duke right now is you could conceivably get punked if. You know, Kenyon Drake gets dealt there or something mm. like that. I, I don't know if I really see that. And to be honest, Duke's a better back than Kenyon Drake. Well, the thing so. people think, aren't thinking about with Duke Johnson, you know, he was pretty highly acclaimed coming out. Of college. He's a Miami guy, you know, and they this they, they spent a good pick on him, uh, Cleveland. Two hundred and forty-two carries his last year. Yeah, at Miami. So this is not some guy who's never seen volume before, right? You know, everybody's talking about how great Tony Pollard's going to be. Yeah, the guy never had a hundred t- uh, carries in a season. You know, Duke Johnson's Duke been did. a lead back. Yeah. He just came in and got stuck behind, you know, uh, Isaiah Crowell and and, um, and and guys like that. Where and a team was, that they didn't know what they were doing, by the way. That and then the fact that he was always the tiny back in the rotation, relatively speaking. Right. Um, and then, obviously, Chubb comes in and, well, hey, look, it's Nick Chubb. And Hyde. Um, I was right. there, too. Absolutely. And Hyde makes Duke. Uh, I mean, Duke, look, Duke saw the writing on the wall. He's like, wait a minute. Where do I fit in here? Right. So I, I don't blame him one bit for, for speaking up a little. Uh, and, look, now... Now he's on a team where defenses are all kinds of stressed down the field with Kiki Kuti and with with Tantre Hopkins Nuke, yeah. and, and with Fuller. Um, not to mention, you've got a quarterback that demands a spy. Yeah, he can run. Right. And he will. So, yeah, absolutely. So Duke Johnson's going to be a very tough detail for defenses to lock down. I, I just The potential for him to make a lot of big plays every week, is it's there. Uh, to me, the only thing, like if you take Duke Johnson in the fifth round right now, and I, I'm targeting him sort of late fifth round, if you can get him there, I just, you know, other than injury, I don't see how he doesn't pay off. I you really might, don't see You it. might get your RB2 when it's all said and done in the late fifth round. That's great business. Yeah, I mean, I you know, do I want to take him as my RB2? I mean, if I do, then I want to make sure I have a strong RB3. Yeah. Because, you know, we haven't seen Duke get a big, you know, a lot of volume the last couple of years, so you never know. You want to protect yourself. But, yeah, I mean, from a ceiling point of view, from a potential point of view, man, I mean, he could catch he could catch like 80 balls on that team. I know. Uh, I'm not up, exaggerating. He go, really could do that. Going into a draft, he's a target for me as a flex. But yeah. at the end of the year, he could perform at RB2 level, and that's, again, as I said, good business. Right. Highly motivated player. Um, I love the Duke Johnson situation. And then uh, moving down the board here, Matt Breida, you know, a guy you can get, you know, sometimes 30, 40 picks after Tevin Coleman. Yeah. Meanwhile, Breida's been in the system for a year, uh, two years, well, a year in Shanahan's system. Um, well, no, two years in Shanahan's system, excuse me. Um, so, I, you know, to me... I'd much rather buy Burita 
you know, in the ninth round or something like that, or the eighth round, than spend a you know a late fourth or a mid fifth on Coleman, uh, on Tevin Coleman. Yeah, you know, I I do think Coleman is probably going to have the touch lead early in the season, but if you but if you watch the preseason, Breida has looked better. I you know, I mean, Coleman's a good back. You never know what's going to happen, but to me, I'll take the late. Brita cheap, and uh, I think he's got standalone flex value no matter what. I was going to say the other. There's a lot of like, out of the picture. There's a lot of like about Brita too. The other thing too is he's, he's been a there. Good back. He's been there. He's proven himself to the 49ers. He has proven himself as yeah. durable, as tough, as willing to work through injury, as willing to play through injury, yep. as willing to succeed, as able to succeed in the offense. He's a good back. He's yeah. I, he's one I of those kids like who runs better. with the heart on the outside of the jersey. Yeah, you know, like you can see the thing beating when he runs. It's really like you said. He play, a lot of the highlight reel things we saw from him last year was with a bum ankle. Yeah, as you alluded to. So uh, this guy would fit in real well locally. Like he'd be a great Belichick would love this guy. Yeah, and he doesn't have to sell the staff. I mean, Shanahan knows what he can do. Like he knows what he has in Brita. Really, the kind of prove it to me guy for them is Coleman. You know. I mean, I think Coleman will do well. I think Shanahan likes him, and, he, and Coleman's best year was when he played for Shanahan. So I, I'm bullish on both of these guys, but the fact that I can get one so much later, yeah. you know, I, I, I like that action. And Brita isn't just an anti-fragility kind of pick because you're going to get some, some weekly juice with him. You can stick him in your flex spot if you need to. No question. I'd be happy to have him in my flex spot. Yeah, yeah. I've got him. You've got him in tuna. Yeah. yeah, he's like Frank's red hot sauce. I got that. <laughs> <laughs> blank everywhere. <Yeah. laughs> um, and then last guy on the list is Justice Hill, who hopefully all of our listeners know about. If you don't, I strongly suggest you like go on YouTube and watch some Get Justice familiar. Hill. Yeah. Man, this kid is exciting. He He's a lot like Darren Sproles, but he's got more long speed. Mm. Uh, he is a big play waiting to happen. And on this team, where they're going to be running a lot of read option kind of stuff, where they are, I mean, this is like, this team is going to give their running backs more free passes to the second level maybe than any team in the league. And you're gonna and Justice Hill is gonna be getting some of those passes. Yeah. I wanna get involved. I wanna be in the Justice Hill business. You give me a chance at Justice Hill in the tenth, eleventh area, unless there's somebody who's slipping on the board that I like even more, I'm taking that every time. Well that's where he's going. He's going around like a yeah. hundredth, right? So right. that's he's right there. The thing about him is like we, we just talked about, you know, Duke Johnson and Matt Breida, you know, more standalone values, but we were talking about anti fragility guys. This is a great one. Justice Hill is yeah, a great one. He's sort of a he's got like a foot in both buckets. I do think he's got standalone appeal. And then I guess the interesting question would be, yeah, like what if something happened to Ingram? Now, Justice Hill's like 190 pounds, like soaking wet. Right. So I don't know how much they would allow him to take. They do have some other backs. Um, Gus Edwards is there. He was a really good early down runner for he them. He was last good last year. year, yeah. Didn't catch any passes, but I didn't see him have a bad game. And I was really impressed with his vision, with his patience. Um, very stable, good looking back. So I, I think my guess is if something happened to Ingram, they would probably go to, Edwards is the early down guy, but then probably sprinkle more Hill in than they otherwise would. Gotcha. That's my guess. Yeah, but he's a, he's guess. interesting. I mean, that, that's an offensive work in progress, you know, with Lamar Jackson at quarterback. So I kind of like those safety net guys. So, yeah, you I, know, I just think we're gonna we're gonna be seeing highlight reels when they've got Lamar in there running read option with Hill. Man, I mean, defenses are just. <laughs> They're going to be scared. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so much explosion at the mesh point. You don't know what's going to happen. I think the guy you know, with, with Ingram and, uh, and Justice Hill and then the tight end, which we'll get into at the, you know, closer to the end of the show. Right. Um, those are the safety net guys. And a guy like if I'm the coach and I'm looking at Lamar Jackson, that's, as a fantasy football guy, those are the guys I'm projecting. You know what right. I mean for that offense? Right. It just feels right. And then 
I mean, I've got a character limit on my articles because you know we want the you know we want everything to be sort of um, in and out, you know, yeah. d- d- device friendly, right? Yeah. Um, so I would have included in this article Darwin Thompson, same kind of thing, where yeah. I just think you know he'd be below Hill. He's really similar to Hill. I think he's going to have a weekly role that will give you some standalone kind of flex appeal. And then if something happens to Damian Williams, he could become a monster. Uh, Tony Pollard is a guy maybe who's going to give you some RB1, RB2 level weeks until Zeke gets back and then has Could be the first few weeks of the season, yeah. Yeah, like in that auction where I took Zeke, the one we were talking about, I'm really right now very glad that I got Pollard as well. Um, Some other, now if we want to talk, just a few more anti-fragility backs that I think are compelling. Chase Edmonds behind um, Dave Johnson. Now I think Edmonds is more of a handcuff anti-fragility kind of thing, but boy, he's a good back. And if something happens to Johnson, Chase Edmonds would become a, I mean, he'd be a household name very quickly. Mm. Um, CJ Anderson's a straight handcuff but I definitely like him behind carry-on. Well, also, he's uh, in Detroit with Patricia, so he might get actually use. You yeah, know he, I, mean? no, I, I think you're right. I don't know if he'll have predictable weekly use, but I definitely think you're right. He's going to get touches. And then here's just sort of a, a deep sleep one. Um, Malcolm Brown on the Rams. Oh, uh, yeah. I took him. Yep. So if you take Gurley, what's going to happen to you is you may lose out on Daryl Henderson because he's often going really early. Some right. people are really high on him. If that happens to you, you don't get Daryl Henderson. All is not lost. If you're in a deep league where handcuffing makes sense, you know, target Malcolm Brown because he may actually get the C.J. Anderson role in that backfield yeah. if something happens to Gurley. And you remember, what CJ, what, yeah, you remember what C.J. Anderson was in the playoffs last year. It's hard so, to forget. Yeah. All right, so let's we hit some anti-fragility backs. We hit some upside backs. When we come back from the break, we're going to spend some time on upside receivers and upside tight ends. There are articles up on WEI.com that Pete put up there. You can kind of supplement the show with those, and we're going to get to that right after the break. Sports Radio. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. All right, Pete Davidson, Jim Hackett, back at you. Fantasy Football Hour, the final segment of the Week 4 preseason, the big weekend, the big cheese, where it's all done with <laughs> fantasy football. And uh, just to recap, you know, we'll, this show will be posted up on um, WEI.com. They'll tweet it out at, at WEI. Pete and I will re-hit it. I'm at, at WEI Hacksaw. Pete's at, at Rotobon. We'll put it out there. We've covered a lot. we covered a lot of uh, what's happening with the Patriots um, in, in terms of their offense, a lot of Josh Gordon talk. Last segment, we talked about a, a bit about uh, the running backs and uh, who are some upside guys, who are some anti-fragility plays, some handcuffs if you're in a deep league. We're going to do the same now. Let's talk about upside receivers and upside tight ends, and you get the article up that you can kind of play along with. So let's hit them. Yeah, I, I just sort of did a really general you know, layout of how I look at the tight ends when I'm drafting this year. Um, I broke them down into the three primary categories. Now, the first two are easy. I'm just breaking my top six into two groups. Yeah. 
Uh, and the primary reason to break them into the two groups is that they're going in fairly distinct parts of the draft. Um, like tier one is Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, Zach Ertz. I think most of our audience probably already knew that. Yeah. Um, and those guys, for the most part, are concentrated in the round two, round, you know, early round three area. Yep. Ertz will sometimes get down to the bottom of round three. Kelsey will sometimes go in round one. Seeing more of him at the turn in, in, my, in my personal drafts. But yeah, yeah, I agree with you. Kelsey, now what you're doing with Kelsey is going to have a lot to do with the dynamics of your league. If you're in a small 10-team league, I would target him in the second. If you're in a big 12-team league with multiple flex spots, I think he's absolutely viable pretty much anywhere you want to take him. Sure. Okay. Um, Kittle, same kind of concept. He's going to be, well, any tight end is going to be worth more in a big league. Any tight end is going to be worth more in a league with a flex. Obviously, if you are in a league that uses tight end premium scoring, that jacks the value up. But in typical short bench 10-team leagues, their value is less. Okay, right. Important to understand that. Now, when we get to Tier 2, um, and we can go back to these guys individually if you want to talk about them, Jimmy. Um, but when you get to Tier 2, I like these guys almost as much. Well, like, these are I the guys a, we, you and I have both been targeting. You know, Right. I don't see a big drop-off from Tier 1 to Tier 2. And since we can usually get the Tier 2 guys in Round 5, I like the idea of filling the, you know, more scarcely available positions in rounds one, two, three, four, yep. and then getting my elite tight end in the fifth. And I've, you know, OJ Howard's like a 50-50 shot in the fifth. He gets there quite frequently. Yeah, I love it when I can get him there. But if he's not there, I'm happy to just scoop up Evan Ingram, who has similar appeal to me. I mean, they're de- OJ Howard's that incredible athlete, upside plays in this dynamic offense, going to make some huge plays. You know, has ceiling, could conceivably go all the way up to tight end one because of it, but he's got a wide range of outcomes. Ingram is more the number one guy in his offense in terms of being a receiver. We can just count on the volume yep. with him. Yeah. Right? Um, but I, I have them ranked very similarly. Then Hunter Henry, a little downgrade to him just because he's coming off an ACL. Um, but apart from that, I, I love Hunter Henry. Well, Philip Rivers loves him. You, you're getting a piece of Rivers, yeah. which is great. Um, they've got established rapport, which is great. The only thing we're worried about is maybe some type of setback or a re-injury because he has had major injuries. Yeah. So there's that factor. But apart from that, Hunter Henry is really a stud. Yeah, so, th- he's interesting because he's coming off an injury, but somehow he's kind of the floor guy. You know what I mean? Because he's, yeah, he is, he's so he, involved in that offense when he's out there. He and Ke- he and Keenan Allen are the inside weapons, and they're going to eat. Yep. There's no way around it. As long as those guys are healthy, they're going to eat. The the guy who's a little bit more of a you know a risky proposition is Mike Williams, who has to play on the outside and more of a downfield yeah. threat. So yeah. I think he's going to be spiky up and down week to week, very touchdown dependent. I do think the targets are going to be there for Henry and uh, Keenan on the inside. It's going to be a little bit more of a a flat curve, if you will. Yeah, Mike Williams to me is like a, an interesting DFS play uh, or like a best ball play because the him like anchor not anchoring I shouldn't say that but relying on him in my in my um, redraft se- you know full season leagues I'm a little leery. You know what I mean? He's well, I do think happy with point, him as my third, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm I'm fine with him as my third receiver. I do think it's going to be a, a little bit of a volatile run, but I think he'll yeah. have some some big weeks to go with the bad. But to your point in DFS, I, I like that idea because if you if if the Chargers are playing a team that has you know a good cover safety and a strong interior slot corner, yep. then you could see volume sort of predictably flowing to Williams in a game like that. And if he's got a good number on DraftKings or whatever, yeah, I I think that's actually a a, a good idea. Yep, for what it's worth. I agree. So let, let's so we broke down the big three, the next three. I like attacking the next three because I think it's a better value proposition in that fifth sixth round area. Yep. 
but we don't want to reach. And sometimes we're going to be in a position where maybe one of you decided to take Mahomes in the third or the fourth or something like that. We don't want to go double specialty position before we've locked down some running backs and receivers. Yep. So for me, I'm not going to take my quarterback and my tight end early. I'm not going to do that. So sometimes we may decide to pass on these guys in the fifth, maybe hoping to get them in the sixth. Maybe we don't. That's okay. There's There are other ways to attack the tight end position this yeah. year. Um, and the way I've been doing it personally is I've sort of cobbled together something. Like I'll take a veteran in combination with a rookie that I really like or a veteran with an ascending second or third year tight end that I really like. Yep. Um, so the, the, the examples I gave were Kyle Rudolph and TJ Hawkinson, Dallas Goddard and Greg Olson, and then Ian Thomas and Delaney Walker, Tyler Eifert and Hawkinson would be another. Um, so there's a guy you can depend on first couple weeks, and then if your upside guy breaks out, you could make a switch. I sort of like it that way. I do too. Yeah, I yeah. do too. And also too, with like Carolina, for instance, you mentioned Greg Olson. But you could actually do the handcuff, do Greg Olson and Ian Thomas. Absolutely, absolutely. Now that if you if you have like a pick at the end of the round, you can bang that out, and it's really not a terrible move. The only the only downside about that is that you've limited your upside. And you also put yourself in a situation where, God forbid, if they split, now you need a tight end. Yes. Because you could end up with, if they, like, say they're playing 50% snaps each one, then you might have an issue. Um, but I do like the idea in general. You know what? I, if you're in a really deep league, Jim, and you've got an end pick where you can bang out two in a row. Yeah. If I had, a, like, say I had OJ Howard, who I love, but does have some injury risk. Yep. Then maybe adding the Carolina pair late. And then, uh, yeah. you know, by week three, I'll know which one I want to cut. Yep. That, I could see that. I like that. And again, yeah. don't be afraid of getting the guys that you might cut because it, it happens every year. The waiver wire will be stacked. It'll be stacked. Right. And you're going to need, right. you're gonna need I, guys I, you can I, cut. If you, for those who may have listened to the Rotobon Draft Plan, it's, it's a podcast. It's been posted. It's easy to find. It's on my website, rotobon.com. I, I really stress that. If you're going to miss, miss hard, miss strong, yeah. go for it. The best misses are the ones that that give you clarity early in the season. Like if you know it's a miss week one, that's good because now you're going to be able to lean in on the best guys in free agency, yeah. and they're going to be good. You are going to want to drop some major money either week one, two, or three. It's, it's almost a 100% proposition. So having guys who will either be clean hits or clean misses, is going to make you a strong player uh, in early free agency. And the people who hit well in early free agency are almost always teams that make the playoffs. Yeah, and and, and just if you, if you need like a, uh, a mathematical equation for, for proof, let me give it to you. Pete and I did a draft last week. We draft 300 players. It's 12 teams. The rosters are 25 deep. No sooner than the end of the draft did, did enough news happen that the free agent wire is going to be humming, you know. So, and that's in a crazy deep. League. That's in a crazy deep league. It's three, we draft three hundred players, and we right. don't draft a kicker. By the way, it's right. double flex, and you have a defense. Okay, so luck retires. No one drafted Jacoby Brissett. Right. We got a couple people who are a little bit light at quarterback. It's a single QB league. Yeah, right. single. So he's going to go, and then like you know, news out of Tampa Bay. Um, at, you know, at running back, you know, you've got Bruce Arians there. He's going to be looking for creative solutions. You I know, thought somebody drafted a goonly. Yay, however you say it. Agumbawale. Thank you. I don't think so. Oh, I see. I, I think, yeah, he's out there. I, I think the... Uh, um, he's mine. <laughs> I, <laughs> you're in a battle with me, man. I'm going to go for him. No, the other uh, kind of uh, difficult to pronounce African name was a receiver that got taken. Oh. Um, hmm. I'll get back to that. Okay. But I, I do believe, I'm going to very very easily sub, um, 
syllabically here, I'm going to say Ogumbo. Well, ah, I messed it up. Ogumbawale. <laughs> that's him from Tampa Bay. That actually sounded right. I think I got it. We'll work on it. We're going to get it eventually. <laughs> hey, look, this kid could end up being the third down back on this team. He's got some size to him. They're not the going to early... lean on Andre Ellington with all the injuries he's had. No way. Not at this point. And, you know, it's not like the early down guys are a lock to take that. So, for all we know, this guy could get some of the early down work. He's, I definitely like targeting him late in drafts right now, especially if it's PPR format. Yeah, no doubt. So, so we're going to end up a little business here and just say, look, it, great luck in your drafts. Go get him. Be aggressive and look for the updates. You know, so uh, WEI does a great job putting our stuff out there at, at WEI on Twitter. Pete puts all of his stuff not only from WEI but at Rotobon at, at Rotobon on Twitter, and then I'm the mad retweeter at, at WEI Hacks But I've got my own original thoughts that you'll see as well. But this show <laughs> will be out there. We'll pump it out, and um, you know, just be aggressive. Look for the values. Strike while they're there. And no, there's plenty of talent out there. Don't be afraid to take risks. Take them because the waiver yeah. wire is going to be humming all year long. Right, especially in the last four rounds. Yeah, no, uh, absolute Go guarantee. Go get Josh Gordon. All right, we'll talk to you next week, everybody. And uh, great luck in your fantasy football draft. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.